Welcome to Tuesday on the Pure Opelka podcast. Mike here reminding you, if you want to know where I'm going to be on radio, you have to go to pureopelka.com. Pureopelka.com will regularly also post these podcasts, special interviews, but links to wherever I'm going to be broadcasting. Thanks to all of you who keep asking, where are you going to be? When are you going to be there? This week, it's Friday, 3 to 7, East Coast time on uh, WPHT out of Philly, and then again Saturday night, 7 to 10. So a couple of shows in two days just around the corner. A lot going on today as just about an hour before we recorded this podcast, the news broke that uh, the D.C. appeals court ruled Donald Trump does not have immunity. He cannot get presidential immunity in his claim. And Jonathan Turley, the great attorney, says now that Trump can just by appealing and filing for various appeals, delay this process, extend the appeals process for up to 135 days, which means this is all going to be delayed if it continues this way, unless there is uh, a court that stands up and says, I'm sorry, he's got immunity, this all has to go away, that this will all be in full swing around the time of the conventions this summer, which is just insane. So we'll monitor it. I'm sure we'll need an update from another attorney to clarify all that. We'll see what we can find out. Uh, A couple of other stories relating to that today, of course, uh, is this uh, the crazy situation in Nevada with uh, primary and caucuses. The GOP has a primary and then they have a caucus. The primaries today, Donald Trump's not on the uh, ballot. And then two days from now, I think it is, the caucuses happen. And Nikki Haley's not going to do anything there. But the caucuses are where the delegates are handed out. So Donald Trump's expected to walk away with that. And Joe Biden, of course, expected to win the Nevada primary. Not a shock there. Some bad news today, and let's get this out of the way. Sad news that Toby Keith passed away, died from stomach cancer at the age of just 62 years old. Beer for my horses, please. What a great artist. What a great patriot. What a horrible disease cancer is. Can we not find a cure, please? We spend so much money on it. What a loss. 62. His family has requested, of course, privacy and prayers, and I'm sure all of you We'll give that to them. Uh, The other weird story, kind of sad news story, out of Israel, where the um, Israeli Defense Forces uh, just announced that, in fact, I think it's 36 of the hostages were announced as being deceased. 36. Now, what about the American hostages? What about the Americans? We had at least six the last time I checked, at least six. Is anybody giving us an update on not just the Israeli hostages? uh, It was 32 Israeli hostages that are announced as dead. Just awful, awful stuff. But where are the American hostages? Wouldn't it be great to have a president who knows what the heck is going on and tells the American people? Yeah, that would be a good thing. But we don't have that. No, we don't have anything near that. 
We have a president who um, has has brain problems. Joe Biden was in Nevada just a day before yesterday and made a huge blunder. Right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting. I was in I was in the south of England and I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, why, why, how, how long are you back for? So aside from the stumbling, it wasn't a G7 meeting. It was a NATO meeting. And it wasn't Francois Mitterrand. No. He screwed up Germany and France there for a second, but he got the wrong guy. It was uh, Macron, not Mitterrand. Mitterrand's been dead since 1996, unless Joe Biden's seeing dead people again, because, you know, he has a tendency to do that. Seriously. That's a big screw up. That is a pretty, pretty darn big screw up, Joe Biden. Um, It's embarrassing, isn't it? Every single day, a, a gaff-tastic president out there. And then he was wandering around yesterday with the um, the shake. It was like a milkshake. He, he loves the ice cream stores and the milkshakes. And the, the press tried to shout some questions at him because he never holds a press conference. He's done half as many press conferences as Barack Obama did at this point in his presidency. And about 25 fewer than... Uh, Donald Trump did at this point in his presidency. They can't put him in front of the press because the questions and answers will expose the guy. He's just not all there. He walked out of this this ice cream store, this milkshake store, whatever the heck it is, holding his, his milkshake or his smoothie. And somebody asked him about Donald Trump's question. Donald Trump wants to debate Joe Biden now. He doesn't want to wait until after the conventions. He wants to debate him right now. And so that question was asked. Donald Trump is ready to debate you right now. Do you accept? Is that going to be the debate? He's kind of stumbling with the answer, but his initial reaction is laughter. Now? Uh, Good move by Donald Trump, though, because Nikki Haley's pushing the debate thing. Nikki Haley's saying to Donald Trump, hey, debate me. And uh, Trump didn't even answer. He's punching up. Some people would say punching down. But he's actually punching up, challenging the current president to a debate. Uh, Joe Biden's not going to debate him. That would truly expose just how bad his brain is. And that's also the reason why Biden's not doing the Super Bowl pre-interview. He would be really an embarrassment. Uh, while, while Joe was walking out with his smoothie, somebody asked him about the border and this bill, which is dead on arrival. We hope it doesn't go anywhere. I don't want any concessions on either side. Just put it away. Put it in the ground. But Biden's saying, we, we need help on the border. Why won't they give me help? You need help. Why won't they give me the help? All the time. And now they're starting about the border. It's out of control. Oh, at least he said the border's out of control. But who made it out of control, Joey? Who made it out of control? You did. You and your buddy Alejandro Mayorkas, who in last April's hearings 
I, I think this was a Senate hearing, was being grilled. And, uh, and this might have been a House hearing. Uh, he, he insisted the border is secure. It is my testimony that the border is secure, and we are working every day, day and night, to increase its security. The challenges that we are experiencing at the border cannot be overstated. No, but the incompetence. Hang on there, sir. The incompetence. Just amazing. The vote may happen today on whether or not to impeach Mayorkas. Might happen today. I know it's going to be a very tight vote because we are down a seat in our majority. Our majority is so teeny tiny that uh, one or two guys defecting could make this a, uh, a failure on the House side. But, you know, I, I wonder if Joe Biden wouldn't try and convince some members of the Democrat Party to support impeaching Mayorkas because, you know, he, he has kind of let the, uh, the border go to the dogs. I'm old enough to remember in, in 2022 when Joe Biden was talking about the importance of sovereignty and territorial integrity, you know, borders. We will not sacrifice basic principles, though. Nations have a right to sovereignty and territorial integrity. Hmm. That's interesting, right? He wasn't talking about America. He was talking about Ukraine. Isn't that amazing? Joe Biden, the guy whose administration is suing Texas for trying to secure its border, just two years ago was talking about territorial integrity and sovereignty. I'm old enough to remember when Senator Joe Biden wanted to use the Coast Guard and the U.S. Navy to secure the border. We must stem the flow of drugs into our border and across our borders. This bill increases by one-third the current level of funding for interdiction at the border, including increased funding for Coast Guard and Customs Service personnel, which I might add, over the last six years have been cut. We've talked about a war on drugs, and we have cut, not increased, cut, the number of people we, in fact, say are supposed to be the ones at the bridge, blocking the enemy from crossing the river into our territory. Interesting. Senator Biden was worried that we didn't have enough people blocking the illegal entry to this country. So he wanted to use the Coast Guard and the Navy. This bill assists Coast Guard law enforcement teams to Navy ships to bring the Department of Defense more actively in, assigns, I should say, Coast Guard law enforcement teams to Navy ships to bring the Department of Defense more actively into the fight against drug trafficking. And this is the same guy who's suing the state of Texas. Even though Texas now, just by putting the razor wire up, has significantly cut, almost halted the thousands who were crossing each and every week into this country. Just amazing. We'll see what happens on this bill. We'll monitor this bill. But the border is now having such a massive impact all around the country mostly in the blue cities, mostly in the sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, New York and Chicago and Denver and California, 
all really hurting. And the city of New York's now starting to hand out these prepaid debit cards with a thousand bucks a month. So uh, the, the people who get free hotel rooms and free health care and free legal assistance and free cell phones can now get free food because they didn't like the food that was being served to them, three meals a day for free. Now they have to go do their own shopping. I wonder what that's going to create, what kind of problems that's going to create. You know they're going to sell those cards. There's going to be a black market for those cards. Those cards are going to get $1,000 a month put on them. They're going to turn that into cash. Trust me. We shall see. This is never a good idea. And that $53 million that the city of New York is going to expend is more than double what they give to support homeless veterans. More than double what the city of New York will spend on some of the cancer care that its residents need. Insane. But you know what also is insane? That the, uh, the mayor of New York is, is now waking up, but he's also saying some pretty dumb things. The mayor of New York, Mayor Adams, used to be a cop, has now suddenly decided that we need to deport the criminal illegals. About time, Mayor. We want to be extremely clear. Uh, it doesn't matter if a person is a, a migrant, asylum seeker, or if the person... Uh, is a long-term uh, New Yorker. You break the law, it would be investigated, and it would be uh, handled by our criminal justice system. The police department has a job to do apprehensions. Uh, the prosecutor has a job to prosecute. But will the prosecutor prosecute? Remember, they let the guys who beat up the cops, they let them out without bail. Now, we hear that some of them have been arrested today out west, And now we're going to have to bring them back here. Imagine the cost it is of extraditing them back here, the cost to chase them down. Had we just kept them locked up because they were attacking police, would have been a different thing. But Mayor Adams says we should deport uh, criminal aliens. Yes, we should. And the federal government has a job uh, to determine if a person uh, is here as a migrant asylum seeker, should determine if they're found guilty and they do their time, they should be uh, deported. Uh, you should not be allowed to walk the cities of the streets of the city of New York if you are committing any form of criminal behavior that's impacting the quality of life of New Yorkers. Now, they're not walking the streets, Mayor. Now they're patrolling the streets on scooters and little motorcycles. And there are gangs of criminals who have gotten together and they've set up a very lucrative operation. I don't know how they're going to get rid of them. I don't know how they're going to clean up the streets unless you start having mass deportations. That's a big stinking deal. And what about the airports now? What about the airports that are now housing migrants as well? It's uh, it's not just the community centers in Boston and Chicago that have been taken away from those communities. But now we're seeing uh, the migrants in the airports. And uh, FAA Administrator Michael Whitaker was testifying earlier today and was asked about that. Was asked about, hey, what about all those people at our airports? It's not like we need security at the airports, you know. You know, you don't have to go through Homeland Security screeners, TSA screeners at the airport, do you? Yes, you do. But the uh, migrants, no, not so much. We don't know who they are. 
Let me just ask this question. How does walling off portions of the airport to house unvetted illegal foreign nationals, which passengers in America have to walk beside, these are unvetted illegal foreign nationals, how does that promote safety or utility or efficiency in these airports? I think you're out of my area of expertise. I'm not familiar with that circumstance. I think that- so the FAA administrator says you're out of my area of expertise. All he was asked was, how does making a section of an airport for housing of unvetted illegal foreign nationals promote safety or utility or efficiency in the airports? The answer is it doesn't. It does not. These guys don't care. They just don't care. They're part of the problem on a major league level. But they don't care. Not at all. It really is frustrating. Frustrating beyond uh, even the wildest imagination. I never thought it would get this bad. Never thought it could be this awful. But here we are. Here we are. Just so many things I want to scream into the microphone and I can't. By the way, Jim Stovall is going to join us in a little bit. He always gives me a little inspiration, pulls me back from the brink of the ledge where I'm about to jump and scream. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Meanwhile, in Chicago, Mayor Brandon Johnson, the guy who replaced the awful Lori Lightfoot, is proving to be an even worse mayor. Is that even possible? Could you imagine that? Brandon Johnson was asked, hey, uh, if you don't believe the border's a problem, why don't you go down there and take a look yourself? Why don't you go see that? Well, he had something to say to the people who suggested he go to the border. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. Now, wait a minute. Do you understand uh, you have not had a mayor like me? I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. Uh, just because Lori Lightfoot, well, she did have a wife. Didn't have kids. She had a schedule, too. But previous mayors of Chicago had kids and schedules and spouses. No, he, he wants you to know he's different because of his skin color. And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border as soon as possible. Huh. So uh, he, he has to play the race card. Had to play the race card. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. Why does that even matter? It's meant to tell you to shut up. You can't ask me questions because of my skin color. Insane. It truly is insane. Speaking of insane, we haven't talked about Kamala Harris in a while, but there's a story on Axios. Axios, kind of a lefty-leaning website. Axios is saying that people who've left Kamala Harris's staff are now talking and telling stories that she gets uh, upset she gets uh, angry when she watches The Five on Fox. Now, The Five is on at 5 o'clock, right? 5 o'clock, Monday through Friday. It's a very good show. I, I enjoy it. I try and watch it or listen to it on my phone every day. Very clever. And it's full of facts as well. 
Greg Gutfeld, Dana Perino, Jesse Waters, Judge Janine, and the rotating liberal, either Jessica Tarloff or, or uh, Harold Ford Jr. So why is Kamala Harris watching the five and then she gets upset? Apparently, she doesn't like that they beat up on her. <laughs> well, Fox put together a little montage to explain or illustrate just how bad they do beat up on her. It's pretty good. Kamala is so ditzy, she doesn't even know her job is supposed to be overseeing the border. Cigarettes kill people. And cigarettes are more popular than Kamala Harris. <laughs> she is high <laughs> as a kite. I, no. I'm not drink shaming. I'm just saying, well, I'm trying to give her an out here because that made no sense. I think the media can market anything <laughs> except Kamala Harris. Greg, right. explain the budget like Kamala would have. The budget is everything. <laughs> everything. It's, it's not just some things, but it's everything together. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. And yeah, you know, I guess. I guess if you're hearing that stuff every day, maybe you wouldn't watch it or you shouldn't watch it. It's Fox News. You know they're already predisposed not to agree with most of your liberal crap, Kamala. And why are you available to watch TV at 5 o'clock? I know, maybe she's time-shifting. Maybe she's DVRing it and watching it later. That wasn't the indication, but we'll see. thought that was very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, I will uh, keep monitoring uh, everything else. Tomorrow we should have Dr. Royzen joining us, and we'll ask him about the crazy story that if you pick your nose, it's going to give you Alzheimer's or maybe trigger Alzheimer's and a couple of other crazy stories that we have to talk to in the world of health and wellness. But uh, we got our buddy Jim Stovall joining us today, and uh, I have to ask Jim a question too. I, uh, I, I need to pick his brain on something other than the winner's wisdom column. And I love having Jim Stovall here. You know, go to jimstovall.com, see what he's up to. But uh, Jim's here because his opinions, his take on things, usually, usually are, are better than mine, more coherent than mine. Uh, you, you would agree with that, right, Jim Stovall? Yeah, and, and let's not rule out the possibility it may well be better. We, it's, it's likely, but... Um... Okay. Yeah, we will say more sober. Well, you know, I, I'm on the broken clock theory for my own. Even a broken yeah, clock is right twice a day. You know, that's it. Mm -hmm. So, Jim, before we get to my question, there was an earthquake, a, a sizable earthquake in Oklahoma, which I know is a big state. But I'm just making sure you guys are okay. Did you feel it? Oh, yeah, I did. It, it woke Miss Crystal and I up at uh, 1130 at night. And, uh, you know, it was a 5.1 and it, it shook things around. But no, no damage or no injuries reported anywhere. But uh, it does uh, let you know that, uh, you know, Mother Nature is, is pretty powerful and we're not. So it was a pretty amazing thing. And uh, we get those uh, periodically now. Well, do you think that would have any effect on the plans to build, what is it, the world's tallest building or the country's tallest building in Oklahoma? Yeah, they want to build that thing in Oklahoma City. And geographically, Oklahoma City is already one of the largest cities in America. I mean, it's up there with L.A. and Houston. And they've annexed all this land. And the, the, the only reason to build up, because it's very expensive to build up, instead of out, is uh, when land's expensive. So I, I really don't get the basis of all that. And I, I've talked to several people, but uh, let's say it's, it's far less than a certainty this is going to happen. 
Wow. Okay. It certainly gets a lot of attention when you say we're going to build the largest building in the country in Oklahoma. And everybody immediately thinks like you do. Why go up when it's so much easier just to go out and and cheaper, cheaper as well? All right, Jim, the generations always have little differences of opinions. And I saw this story and I thought, I got to ask Jim Stovall about this. Generation Z, Gen Z as they're called, is uh, telling the rest of us that we should no longer be carrying a wallet. Why do you carry a wallet? I I don't necessarily carry a wallet, but I carry my driver's license, uh, firearms permits, and a couple of credit cards with me wherever I go, wrapped with a rubber band, but that's it. I don't carry a wallet. Do you carry a wallet, Jim Stovall? I actually do, but it's more out of habit. Than any, you know, if I ever quit carrying a wallet, I would have to put something in that pocket or else I'm going to feel naked leaving the house, you know, because it's just, you get used to it, you know, and it, it's, it's like, you know, people don't need to wear a watch anymore, but you know, it, you just get used to certain things. And we just had an intern with us for a month and she is a high school young lady, a Gen Z. She uh, turned 17 during her internship with us and uh, a wonderful example of Gen Z and, uh, uh, I, I tell you, it, it restores your faith in the possibilities of the future. So, I and I actually wrote a column about it uh, called "They Want Us to Know About Gen Z" because uh, they're accused of being disconnected and addicted to their uh, their social media, and they have no resiliency. And so, you and I will get to talk about that in the coming weeks. Oh, good, sometime. good, good, good. Well, uh, they're telling us that we need to ditch the wallet because. We all should be just carrying around all we need on our smartphones. And my instant reaction is, okay, what, what happens when the battery dies or you drop it in the toilet? Then, right. then right. what? <laughs> if I drop my driver's license or my wallet in the sink or the toilet, I can, I can dry it out and still have functions happen yes. from all that stuff. I'm glad you still carry a wallet, even if it's just for balance. Uh, This week's Winner's Wisdom column is one that is, I think, easy to understand, but also has a gigantic impact, Jim. We got to talk about maintenance and maintaining maintenance this week. Yeah, here in my neighborhood, uh, I'm at my home office right now, and I, I live in a suburban neighborhood, but, you know, in the middle of town and in a very nice area, and they came in, the city did, uh, last summer and said, we're going to have to work on the four streets in your neighborhood. And they said, we're going to have a meeting to discuss it and everything. Well, why do we have a meeting to discuss Well, working on it turns out to be, we're going to have to take up the street all the way down to the dirt and rebuild it. And they explained they had deferred maintenance so long by not filling the holes or, you know, sealing up the cracks or whatever, that it had undermined the entire system. So I asked our city councilor and the engineer that was there, how much, how much more do we have to pay, just the city, hmm. because we didn't, he said about 15 times more money uh, than we would have. But then the big deal is, instead of just an ongoing thing we would have never noticed, we're off-roading just to get out of our neighborhood, you know, on this thing, and it's dusty, and it's noisy, and it's a mess, and it takes six months to replace just because we didn't keep up with the little things, you know. And it reminded me so much when I was a kid during the ball game, they would always have the Fram oil filter guy. 
and he's standing in the, the, the foreground, you know, holding up a Fram oil filter, describing why it's important. But in the background, they're, they're pulling an engine out of a car. The, the inference is they blew an engine. And then the tagline, of course, is, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. You know, and the, the normal maintenance is cheap and easy, and you can control when you do it. And you blow an engine, uh, you know, I've never done that, but uh, I'm quite certain it never happens at a convenient time or place. So this is about all the things in our personal and professional lives we need to do. And there are so many of them, not just the mechanical things or the computer updates or all that stuff. There's the, the, the checkup kind of things. There is the annual meeting with the lawyer to make sure that your estate is still uh, doing what you wanted to do and your finances and your taxes. And there's never a fun day to do this. You know, you never wake up one day and said, man, I want to get the, uh, the, the oil changed in my car and replace the filters on the AC. I really, that, that's my deal today. You never do that, but you put it off long enough and you'll get to do it on a day you really don't have the time or the inclination. <laughs> or in many cases, the money, because yep. as with your street, a 15 times more than what it normally would have cost, that's astounding. I wonder, Jim, since you're talking about this is right in the middle of the town there, what happens to the businesses that rely on walk-in traffic for all this time now? Oh, it's, it's, it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. And uh, they didn't do anything wrong. Right. And it's inconvenient to get in and out and all these things. And, uh, and there's a church over there that the pastor was saying, uh, you know, I don't want to describe my... my uh, my members' uh, spiritual depth, but a heavy mist, and we're down in our congregation. This is going to kill us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's truly amazing how not paying attention to the little things can have effects not just on you, but even on those around you. Because if your life is affected, the people who rely on you, depend on you, etc., can be affected greatly as well. So maintaining those little things in your life, while they're pesky— can also spare you a whole lot of problems down the road. And I, I love the reference to the Fram guy, because it was like, hey, it's a $4 filter. If you replace the filter, it's not a big deal. But the engine, you pay me now, we'll pay me later. An engine is now like five grand. With, without yeah. even blinking, it's five grand. So it's the same yeah. in our lives and all this maintenance. Uh, great column this week, Jim. Great advice. And uh, I'm glad as a as a sort of I'm a modified wallet carrier as a wallet supporter. I'm glad to see you're still on team wallet as well. That makes me feel good. Yeah, you get to a certain point in life and you realize, OK, I'm probably not changing that. My, my late great father told me once, you know, when my nephew was making fun of him, you know, Graham's your old school. He said, "Yeah, and I'm at this point. I'm committed to it. So don't, don't, don't talk to me. Oh. You know, there's a, there's a point at which you just realize, you know, I I've adapted enough, and uh, I'm not going to ruin anybody in Gen Z's life if I have my wallet. That's true. What does it do? What is? How does it hurt your life? You know, if anybody calls me old school again, I'm going to tell them I'm not just old school. I'm the principal. So deal with it." <laughs> Uh, Jim Stovall is uh, with me regularly. It's one of my favorite moments each and every week. And you can be connected to Jim as well. If you go to jimstovall.com, jimstovall.com. Thank you again, my friend. Thank you. You're the best. And there he goes. And here I go. Back to prep for tomorrow's discussion with Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic. So you have to be here, too. 
And make sure you go to puropelka.com every day. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo.